previously on the Simply Human podcast. The real risk of going and doing that is all, pretty much zero. Yeah. Right. Right. So, but to them in their brain, it's everything at that moment. Yeah. So, that's exactly how it works in many different parts of life. And I know Rick has told me on several occasions that man, he wishes he could go back to junior high because he would just have all the chicks. It's episode 131 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy. Now you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Dr. Travis Thomas, Assistant Professor of Clinical and Sports Nutrition at the University of Kentucky. We made a few UK jokes, and I was sad that you weren't there to say, good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry we'll about talk that. talk about that in Crosstalk. Yeah, so, uh, uh, and then it's a Humans Being Human with probably the most referenced person that has never been on the show, our good friend Jackson. And in fact, some of, oh, I had a lot of friends in college who claimed that Jackson never existed <laughs> because I would just talk about Jackson all the time and they'd never met him. And they'd be like, yeah, your buddy Jackson, yeah. sure. So I'm sure that's what people on the podcast. Right. So he's he real. Is, he's real. He joins us. And we'll wrap up with our Simple Human Tip of the Week. How are you, Rick? I'm so cold. <laughs> yeah, well, so, uh, you were so hot, right? I always am so hot. Yeah. Well, uh, you had you had an issue with uh, we've all we've all remember when you moved here recently. You moved into a, a different house. Yes. Uh, and something happened to the house. Yeah, a uh, a tornado. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, so I'll tell I just tell this whole story. So I'm at work last Friday night, and I love this. I work like 30 miles from the house, uh, and my wife will text me or call me with like some miniature tiny crisis, and my response is like. Oh, well, I'm 30 miles away, so I'll see you in five hours. <laughs> like, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with it. So she texts me on Friday night of last week and says, the power went out. And I respond back with something snarky like, well, I don't work for the power company. I guess just light a candle and wait. I don't know what to tell you. I can't make it come back faster. Well, I get home from work uh, that morning, so it's Saturday morning when I get home. And real, on the real weekends, quickly, real quickly, uh, before you move on from that, like those snarky comments, that's yes. like like when the girls, you know, like my kids or something will say, I want, I want another such and such. And like it doesn't happen, you know, like you don't have any at the house. You're like, I'll say something like, hang on, let me, let me count to three. One, two, three. Oh, yep. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's that's all I really could do for you there. Sorry, nothing hmm. happens. I say you could. I'm like, sure your uh, your tiny children are really catching the nuance of your opinion. Of your, <laughs> I was gonna say you could like tell Anna. Hold on, let me count to three. Let's see if the power comes back on. One, two, three. Did, did anything happen? Nope. Oh. Well, that's all I got. I don't know. Okay, that... listen. Uh, I've found the line of acceptable snark, and what you're saying <laughs> is over the line, sir. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. So anyway, I get home from work at uh, you know like six thirty in the morning on Saturday morning, and on the weekends I sleep like in the guest bedroom because I don't want the because I can I don't want the kids playing in the playroom or whatever to wake me up, and my wife to have to stay out of the bedroom, so I just sleep in the, like the spare bedroom. So I go up there on Saturday morning, and I you know put my orange glasses on and I take my melatonin and I'm reading my book and I'm like, man, it's kind of warm up here. Hmm. Uh, whatever. And so after a couple of minutes, it's like, oh, I'll go check the thermostat. Maybe that power, like turn the air conditioner off and I go look at it and it's like at 76 and we usually keep it around 72 during sleeping hours. And I was like, Hmm, that's weird. So I just, uh, oh, let me check what's set at. Oh yeah. It's set to be at 72. Hmm. Uh, yeah. hmm. uh, what are you going to do? So I go back and lay in bed and I fall asleep while I wake up like an hour later and uh, it's uh, it's not 
like marginally warm. It's now starting to get legitimately warm. And I'm like, God, what is happening? So I go check the thermostat and it's like 80. And I'm like, Oh God. Well, I don't have a choice. I have to sleep. I have to like, I can't like really call in like hot to work. Like I, (laughs) it's not really a thing. And also something people don't consider. You have to have a minimum number of police officers on the street or like it's a public safety crisis. Like we have a minimum manpower and there's really not going below that unless like something wild happens. Yeah. Like a tornado just killed half your policeman. So, uh, I'm like, crap, I gotta go. So I dig out a fan. I dig out a second fan. I peel the, the, the blanket back and I'm just sleeping and I get about three hours of sleep that day all in about 10 minute increments because I just keep waking up going, Oh God, what is happening? I don't know what's happening. So, so that I won't have to do it. I text my wife, Hey, uh, call the home warranty. People. We have a home warranty that was included when we bought the house. And I was like, call them and get service set up. And I had just a few days ago set up, uh, a home warranty service on like the, uh, like a service call on the dishwasher. It wasn't draining. So I'm familiar. This is like a 45 minute phone call. Like you're going to have to be on hold and be on hold and be on hold and they send you to your ticket to the contractor, and the contractor calls you. So this is not a thing I can do while I'm like trying to get some sleep. So I text my wife and tell her, uh, "Hey, panel this. She had some work function. Well, uh, this thus starts like the bad luck here. She gets off of. She had some mandatory work activity where they're going and like uh, maintaining the uh, the building and cleaning toys and stuff and all this junk. So she didn't have her phone with her. Well, she gets the text when she's done at like one o'clock." So she calls the warranty people at one o'clock and they get a hold of somebody and they're like, okay, we'll send your information to a contractor immediately. Oh, it looks like the contractor closed at one. (laughs) So she made the phone call like one Oh four. And if she would have just been able to call a few minutes before, or if I would have been able to call, we would have gotten a hold of the contractor that day. Well, so, uh, we discuss what we're going to do and I'm like, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to go to work where it's nice and cold. Ah, I'm going to sit in the air conditioning in my car and I'm blowing my face all night. And good luck. So I work on Saturday night and I get off uh, Sunday morning and I go home and I'm like, Oh God, I gotta go to sleep again. And it was just a miserable morning entirely. I mean, if you've ever tried to sleep when it's hot, it's, it's like we, we, especially when you're not expecting it. Like if you go camping or something, you sort yeah, of yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like if you're if it, you're used to it, you're camping. You're at a summer camp for you know Cub Scouts or something. Or like we talk about with Jackson, if you're in Honduras for a week or two weeks, like uh, yeah, that's okay. Well, this is what it is. But you're not expecting that. Right. And also, I live a pretty air conditioned life right now. I sit in my air conditioned car and drive to work to go to my air conditioned building, and then I get in my air conditioned work car and drive around all night. Then I get in my personal work uh, air conditioned car and drive back to my air conditioned house. Like, uh, especially in Texas, and especially well, and lately. I'll, I'd like to say this too. Uh, we had an incredibly mild spring where it was like perfect weather, yes. like seventies, and it was like when. May 25th hit, it was like, all right, someone just ramped yeah. it all the way up to the middle of summertime Texas. And like there was humid, no, there's there was humidity. no adjustment period where it was like in the 80s. No, it went from 70 to 95 in one day, and it hasn't stopped. Ugh, yeah, it's been So uh, on Sunday, I was like, God, and I know that we're short on people at work, but I'm like, I can't go into work on basically four or five hours of sleep in two days. I can't, there's no way. And I, I need to, we're, we probably need to go to a hotel. I'm going to see if my parents can take, uh, take the kids. This is just not, this is not happening. So I call my boss and I basically plead with him. Uh, and 
Oh, you know, I forgot to tell what happened. The, during the power outage, we figure out we're okay. doing a, you know, Google University over here, and we figure out that, like, okay, it's not good. And I, this is, I'm not a home improvement. I'm not a home uh, task man at all. But uh, I guess the air conditioning compressor is designed to, like, kind of slowly ramp up. And then when it shuts off, it's supposed to slowly ramp down. Well, when there's a power outage, it, there's nothing slow about it. It just abruptly stops, like yeah. pulling your emergency brake on the freeway. And uh, that more than likely fried like capacitor, which doesn't even sound like a real thing, but I guess that's what it is. So I called my boss and I plead with him. And Sunday, he's like, okay, well, we'll figure out. It's only a Sunday. Sundays aren't usually busy. We're already at minimum, but we'll see if we can get somebody to come in an overtime. So he graciously lets me... Uh, not go to work on Sunday. So my parents take the kids and my wife and I found like an actually like a pretty good hotel deal, like on a Priceline hotel for Sunday night. So we go and stay in a hotel. Well, we realized like, Hey, it's not like un like unlivable in the house. Like in the daytime, it's really hot. It's like 84, 85 in the uh, house upstairs. It's like 85, 86, 87. Cause heat rises, well, heat rises. Yes, it does. Are, yeah. are you are finished? Or? Yeah, sorry, it's just oh, it's science. It, it, I'm a scienceman. Yeah. Hmm. Scienceman. But uh, at nighttime, it's like the low temperature outside. It's like 70s. 75 yeah. in the middle of the night. So, like, if you can just make it to where you get to midnight, then okay, you're fine. Like, it, it cools off and you're fine to get some sleep. And also, like, a Monday night, it rained overnight, so that brought the temperature down a little bit. Well, uh, we do that for two nights and. I'm fine with it for the most part, but my wife does not deal with physical uncomfortability very well at all. And she especially doesn't like being hot. So she's in a particularly not great mood, and she's got all this stuff to do, and she's got school and work and all this. So uh, I call my parents, and I'm going to, hey, you know, my parents, they live about an hour north of us. Uh, it's a really long drive from you know their house to my wife's office or from their house to my work, but hey, it's free. Well, unbeknownst to us, they had planned like a big weekend to get together with my mom's, uh, all of her sisters. Which and they're my, all my mom, like the house is packed. Yeah, my mom all, told me about that, by the way. She's the one who uh, let me know about your little family reunion. Because so. apparently her and Aunt Debbie are, are big buddies. What? Yeah, my mom was like, is Rick going to the family reunion? Oh, your mom. I thought you said my oh, mom. Oh, no, my mom. Yeah. Mom, and I was, why would I go to a family reunion? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Oh, how I, do you know about his family sorry, reunion? I'm going to sit here and hit myself in the in the foot with a hammer for two hours <laughs> instead. No, I'm just I, – I, it's hard for us to get down to those things because yeah. I, I work at night. Yeah. So, uh, But uh, <clears throat> they, my mom's – it was actually something different. The family reunion was last weekend. This weekend, my mom is having like a get-together with all of her sisters. She has a lot of sisters. And they're all coming in town to stay in the new house, their their house out of the farm, uh, to celebrate. Like one of my aunts uh, has an anniversary of being cancer free. Not to bring the room down or anything, but uh, so they have no room at their house. I'm like, crap. Well, let's just try to stay at the house. So Monday night we stayed, and it wasn't horrible. Are you Tuesday night we stayed, and it was less uh, less livable. And then we looked at the weather forecast, and the uh, the heat index was supposed to spike to like the low hundreds the later part yeah. of this week and i'm a cheapskate are you are you leading towards your uh, the like i want to i want to make sure that we mention like you're about to tell we've talked about being very thoughtful like yes my, yes yes okay. yes, yes. Shut, shut, mark okay well i just want to say somebody did something very thoughtful for you shut up you're gonna tell shut up sorry shut your mouth sorry so uh 
the heat index is supposed to, to spike uh, um, like later this part of this week. And plus, on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, I have to sleep during the daytime because I work those nights. The house, is, there's no, no way. cooling it off yeah. from like 85, 86, 87 in the middle of the daytime. There's just no way. And I don't think I'd be able to sleep during that. I'm a cheapskate. My wife is a cheapskate. We both are like, okay, we have no choice. So we start looking at like Priceline and stuff like that. And it's going to be like That's 120 expensive. bucks a night, yeah. easy. We're like, you know, what are we going to do? I guess uh, this is going to be our summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I just, and I wasn't like trying to like, elicit like uh sympathy i just mentioned in our group text message that we talk about all the time i was like you know jokes about man my my nuts are really hot right now just stuff like that well uh unbeknownst to us the man without a pancreas jack who is a friend of the show <laughs> who travels a i would lot. mark what would you say probably like three out of five days a week yeah. on business probably yeah always in a different city uh doing his thing well unbeknownst to me he uh finds out you know where we live and uh, redeems a bunch of his Hilton points to get a, a, a few nights at a hotel right over by our house and basically just texts me, me alone. I was like, hey, I know you guys are miserable, so I redeemed a bunch of Hilton points uh, and I got you guys a room at this hotel over by your house, this Hilton Garden Inn by your house. And uh, yeah, I guess I, you know, yeah, I guess he didn't like put it on a credit card. I guess he used his Hilton points, but those were his Hilton points. Yeah, he earned them. He yeah. could have reward, redeemed them for his family to stay at Very some like, exotic locale, like the next time they go to Vail or something yeah. else. But it was ex- the probably the most thoughtful thing anyone's done for me in a really, really yeah. long time. And, uh, you know, I people are weird when you're like, oh, no, no, I've got lots of money. Here, I'll take care of you on this. People kind of get weird and they get prideful. But like uh, instead of – in lieu of saying like, hey, man, I've got a million Hilton points. Would you like me to – like uh, redeem you some and get at your room. He knows my response would be like, no, right. no, 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 no. We'll figure it out. I'll uh, I'll just uh, well, work a bunch of off-duty jobs or whatever and try to make up some <clears throat> overtime and you know figure it out that way. So I think he knows that like I would say no. So he just did it and just told me, hey, yeah. I've done this. So you check in tomorrow. Well, and here's another thing about that, real quickly before we get to the interview. Um, it's like it, it's that whole thing about, hey, let's get together sometime. Let's do lunch sometime. Like then that never happens. Like if you say to somebody, hey, let me know what I can do to help you. That's kind of like well, a. Well, cop- I can't tell you how many people told us, hey, we've got an extra bedroom. You can come stay at our house. And I know that's thoughtful, and I know they're being sincere. Yeah. At least ten people we know said this. But you're not gonna. But we're not gonna impose on someone. Well, hey, but, my kids are the worst. Yeah. Like you well, don't want them around you because you're going to want to go get a vasectomy that <laughs> afternoon, or like you know buy one billion condoms yeah, but so that never happens to you. But it's like, like we're you, not gonna like impose on anybody like that. Uh, we, we we you know it's it's an awkward position, but like yeah. uh, it was just really awesome that he yeah. you know just did this and. Uh, you know, he downplayed it with me. He's like, dude, they're just Hilton points yeah. and I have a trillion of them I'll never use, but I thought it was special. Well, I, and it made me feel very nice. So that's why like, I don't want to like say, sound harsh or anything, but if you just say, Hey, let me know how, how I can help. That's kind of a cop out. Like if you, like if you, yeah, like if you I, will, I can understand sometimes it isn't because if you don't know what you can do to help, like, 
sometimes you very well know exactly what and you then, can do to help. And just go ahead and do it. Like, like if you know that somebody, like if they're you know out of sorts and they have a you know they've been in the hospital or something and their their mow their yards need yard. I was needs literally mowing. just going to say like the mowing the yard. Yeah, thing. just go mow their grass or go like like go clean their house if they're out of town or you know there's like you know like if it's anyway. Well, and, and listen, I'm not bagging on the people like the you know bunch of people we know that said hey you know feel free to come by and step like. Because there's nothing they can – all they can do is invite us. Right. We have to accept that invitation. Right. They can't go and kidnap us in the middle of the night and drag us over and be like, you're staying here with me. <laughs> right. He puts the lotion on this kid. <laughs> so like you know, I'm not bagging on those people. Uh, it was just uh, – you know, it's, 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 a, it's a weird spot because you don't – no one wants to go you know, impose on somebody that's not family. But uh, uh, you know, it, was, it was nice for like all of the people that told us, even like people that we don't know all that well, like uh, – Jason's soccer coach. We told him last night at practice, and he's like, "No, you guys." And they live right around the corner from us. Like, yeah. no, you guys come stay at our house. No, no, come on. It's like, no, we we got it taken care of. We, we got it. No, no, forget the forget the hotel. You come stay at our house. I'm like, no, that's no, yeah. you know, it's fine. But you know, there are tons of people that that you know all offered many many things. Yeah. But the long and short of it is, uh, right now we're recording. It's Thursday. The uh, the air conditioning people are coming on Saturday because uh, they're super slammed busy. So hopefully so the next house. time I talk to you, it's from the comfort of my house. Yeah. And it's like, right now you're, I'm going to crank that right, thing. Right now you've got a Hilton uh, robe on and you're sitting in the, the, the hotel butler is uh, bringing you uh, <laughs> Oh, you Perrier. know, this is funny. Uh, <laughs> this is also weird that you don't think about. I work tonight, so I had to stay up all night long last night to get my schedule adjusted. So what did you do? So just like, I sat in the lobby of yeah. the Garden Inn. Oh, that's I, what uh, you were doing. Okay, yeah, when you I, watched I, the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I brought my laptop downstairs and uh, watched a baseball game and then Watched a bunch of episodes of Game of Thrones until like three o'clock in the morning, and I think the uh, guy in the ho- the you know the night desk clerk was like, "Who's this weird guy over here?" But I don't know. I was trying to be quiet and stay out of his way. Well, hopefully uh, you will get back into your house soon. Um, let's get to the interview, uh, and let's do this quick. SimplyHumanLifestyle.com. Go there. You know all the stuff. You know what to do. Leave us a review in iTunes. Um, I'm also the co-host of the Alt Shift podcast, so go check that out. There's a donate now page or button on our simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash store. Um, we do consult. I actually have a consult here in about 18 minutes that I'm, I'm going to do, a 30-minute consult. Uh, got those uh, cranking out, so if you want to do that, there is information on that on the store tab. Um, so let's get to the interview with Dr. Thomas. We talked to him about Chris Johnson, the running back. Lactation Lab, Strength Coaching, Juice versus Dairy in Adolescence, Energy Availability, Raw Milk, Protein, the three T's, Whey versus Casein, <laughs> an equal distribution of protein, peeing, beet juice, saturated fat and carbs, meditation, and hanging out with kids. Here is Dr. Thomas. Joining us on today's show, and uh, he's really getting a look into how this podcast works uh, because we just recorded about three minutes, and then I, I said, "Uh, oh, we're going to have to do this over because I didn't, I didn't have the 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 T cross and the I dotted." Dr. Travis Thomas is the assistant professor of clinical and sports nutrition at the University of Kentucky. Welcome, Dr. Thomas. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, Dr. Thomas, Travis, uh, emailed me, um, gosh, it's been a couple of months. We've had him on the, the schedule for a while. A position paper. See, in, in, in take one of this intro, I couldn't remember the, the, the word, the, the phrase position paper. And, yeah. uh, and I, so I have the second chance to, to really sound like I'm smart and just say, oh, the position paper that you sent. But full disclosure, I, I made an idiot of myself the first time. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. <laughs> um, yeah, 
you, you sent me this position paper, and we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. It's really fascinating uh, nutrition position stand paper. And uh, uh, but first, I wanted to talk to you about uh, sort of your history and and how you got sure. to to you know be where you are today. And uh, you know, uh, Travis was telling me before we started recording that you know he he saw us as you know linked to something about nutrition, and so he listened to a few of the shows. And when we never talked about nutrition, uh, but uh, which is pretty you know it's pretty pretty standard. But um, but he you know it's, I'm, we're glad to have you as a listener. I know you've you've listened to a few at least, and if you've listened to more than one, uh, we can say thank you very much for for giving us a second chance. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you're in. You're at the University of Kentucky. How long have you been there, and what is your background? Uh, sure. Yeah, I've been here since 2010. I'm actually a native Kentuckian, but okay. most of my life I've been in North Carolina, about 25 years or so. Oh wow! So where, where in I North met Carolina? my wife, and um, I did my undergraduate and master's and internship program at East Carolina University. Okay. Yeah, um, that is where Chris Johnson went. Is it not? Yes. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. the running back. Yes, he is was he really. Still in the league. Uh, you know, I think he is. I know, like there was the few <laughs> years he rushed for like two thousand yards, and then the next year uh-huh. he said he was going to break Eric Dickerson's record, and then, and then he just kind of fizzled off. So yeah, um, yeah. he got the curse of Eric Dickerson or something. So, uh, but yeah, so you're you're an assistant professor out there. What? How did you? Yeah. Have you always been interested in nutrition and and that kind of stuff, or what? What? Uh, what got yeah, you? Yeah, always. Well, actually, I I started out pre med. And um, I, I realized quickly that wasn't for me. I think I had one bad semester of um, some crazy courses that included calculus and genetics. And it was just too much. Yeah. And um, so I, d- I took some tests, and I, I realized pretty quickly that my major two interest areas were exercise physiology and nutrition. So I started an undergraduate program at East Carolina in clinical nutrition, and I stayed there for seven years, um, where I also finished um, a master's in nutritional sciences, and I did a one-year internship that was mandatory um, in order to become a registered dietitian. Wow. So, so I became an RD, um, got married um, in 2003. Congratulations on but, that. Uh, yeah, uh, well, thank you. <laughs> and then I, uh, I worked a couple years as a clinical dietitian where I provided um, medical nutrition therapy. Um, for all patients, including um, those in critical care. So I managed the tube feeding and the feeding of patients who um, experienced trauma and were on ventilators. Um, so I, I learned a lot about the metabolic, metabolic needs and the demands of patients who were experienced those uh, misfortunes. Um, but around 2005 or so, I decided I wanted more. I wanted to dig deeper in nutrition and exercise. And um, I, I started a PhD program. Um, in exercise physiology and nutritional sciences. And um, I pursued a study. Actually, it was in a lactation lab. Hey, oh. Um, yeah, uh, so I was the only Talk one not studying lactation slower. at the time. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, I studied uh, postmenopausal women and the effects of resistance training, dairy consumption, huh. and small um, caloric deficit on body composition and strength. What, what, was the, what happened there? What, 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 what was the result? Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, because of funding reasons, oh, we no. were a little underpowered um, to, to get the results. But we, we certainly saw some interesting trends in that um, even with a small calorie deficit, um, dairy can promote the retention of lean body mass huh. and, and can help support um, 
increases in overall gains. What really happened is that uh, Travis <laughs> kept trying to milk the ladies himself, and so they all, uh, all the volunteers, just like, no, we're we're not coming up here anymore. That's a that's the real yeah, story. It, yeah. it was actually a pretty interesting lab. I, I wanted to do sports nutrition, and that was as close as I could get at the time. And I ended up doing my own thing in that area. But yeah. um, within the lactation lab, they were actually the first lab to to um, to show that you can actually breastfeed um, uh, and exercise at the same time. Wow. Uh, there was a time, yeah, there was a time that um, doctors would recommend not to breastfeed. Well, it doesn't they, make They feared it, they would harm the milk. Yeah, well, it doesn't make any sense. It seems like, you know, from a biological, well, like a, our, an- our ancestral health and model, like, uh, yeah. you know, if you're like sitting and breastfeeding and something happens where you've got to get up and move, yeah. you're like, oh, breastfeeding is, you know, it's like you're going to die now because you can't get out of the way of this lion or whatever it is. <laughs> Well, they were looking at it more from a metabolic standpoint, and that if you were promoting more lactic acid release, it would somehow affect the quality of the milk. Huh. But they showed that, the, in fact, that it didn't affect yeah, the quality of the milk. it did not. Yeah. So that was, that was a cool experience. Yeah. And um, during, is that how during you, that time, is that how you I also met your wife? Um, became a, a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Sweet. And me too. I, I worked. Go ahead. I said, Sorry. me too. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. So I worked um, a couple years with the Division One basketball players, and I also provided nutrition um, counseling during that time. Cool. Um, finished the PhD, and um, I almost ended up in Alabama um, with a faculty position, but I'm glad I didn't. Um, I ended up at KU, University of Kansas, and I was the nutrition consultant, postdoctoral researcher in a long-term exercise lab that focused on. Uh, weight control and how much is exercise is actually needed over time to maintain to maintain weight, huh. the weight loss that was acquired. Yeah. Um, so I, I did a lot with that, and I conducted a study um, in in adolescent kids, um, dairy consumption versus juice post exercise, yeah. post resistance training, and we found that juice um, increased fat um, fat mass in these adolescent children, um, but dairy, even though there, dairy promoted an increase in overall energy intake. Um, over what they actually needed to maintain their weight, they actually um, uh, they actually did not change their weight, and they maintained more of their lean mass compared to the other group. So, would you consider does no. Gatorade fall into the juice category? No, there's different um, caloric um, components. Um, it's, a, it's a different composition altogether. Okay. Um, higher carbohydrate density in juice, and obviously there's an electrolyte factor in right. the different. Um, sugars that are found in juice so if you so if like so, if you're if you're a coach or you have kids that are you know, you know on a select team or whatever and you've got a choice between let's just say well you may not be able to answer this because you didn't study this mm-hmm. but like if you had a choice between gatorade or like milk what like post-exercise what would you what would you lean towards Oh, I'm definitely a fan of milk if it's not, if it's convenient. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest concern when you see with children is you see all these parents have to bring these unhealthy snacks with you know just with the slightest energy expenditure of activity. So right. even if they're just standing around, is everyone has to bring cookies and and juice boxes, and yep. I, I just don't understand that. But um, uh, typically, water in many of those um, scenarios is, is better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, my my daughters anyway. are doing a uh, like a basketball camp. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a day camp today through Thursday, and 
and I've, I've actually worked with the women's basketball team at the school that I work at on their nutrition and they've done food logs for me and we've, you know, done some things like that. And, uh, they won conference last year. So I, of course, I, uh, I take full credit um, for that. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, so we go to the camp and of course I walk up and they've got like the check-in and then the the little table where you can like give, you know, parents can do like a little cash bank so their kids can go get snacks or whatever. And, and like mm. the assistant coach was like, oh, great. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is all we got. It's like, you know, the stuff from the concession stand. It's just like the chips and the candy and, you know, it, that kind of stuff. And uh, so it's this is now you're like out of these, I don't know, that, that's just, that's still the mindset and that's still the, uh, the conventional wisdom is that, like after the game, you know, everybody's going to get a, a Coke or a, a candy bar or something, um, which you're probably cringing at that because yeah. of all the studies that you've done. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, all, all these questions I think are answered with uh, the, you know, you think about training, you think about frequency, intensity, duration. Um, when you when you quantify that and describe that well, you can you can you should be able to match nutrition needs for that. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So you know the the basketball tournaments, you know that you have multiple ones in a day. There's certainly a, a need and a and a benefit of something like a chocolate milk that's simple, um, that could promote recovery. Yeah. Um, especially if you have another event in that day. So. Yeah. So h- how do you, um, cause you, are you, I, I don't want to assume anything. Are you like an elite level athlete? Are you like training for the Olympics or anything? Certainly not. Okay. No. okay. I, I would consider myself a recreational athlete. Okay, I cool. Resistance training a couple times a week and try to get some aerobic activity and just mainly for my mental health. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, I know yeah. like one of the big things we've talked about and we've had Eva T on the show a couple times to talk about this kind of knowing who you are and knowing what you're training for and, and, and then, you know, reconciling that with your programming. So how do you, as someone who's studying like the professional athlete, you know, uh, uh, just the, the way that, that they eat and, and they move and stuff. And so how, how do you take what you are studying and then apply it to your own life? Well, I, I don't study the elite athlete as much. Um, to give you a little bit of background on what I do at UK, it's mainly taking sports nutrition science ideas and applying them to people who need it from a health standpoint. Okay. The more the clinical population. Oh, okay. So, so, give you, so give you an idea, my two major research lines is looking at how um, muscles respond metabolically to the addition of aggressive vitamin D repletion and aerobic training. Yeah. And I'm looking at that in aging. So we're finding okay. some interesting uh, things with lipid metabolism or fat metabolism uh, with that group. And I'm also looking at dietary nitrate. Um, I'm sure you've heard of beetroot juice uh-huh. um, a- as a way to improve muscle function in those who are going downhill quickly, functionally, right. uh, those who have cancer, um, head and neck cancer. So those are my major okay. major okay. research areas. And they're, they're, they really originated in the sports nutrition realm. It's just that it, it's easier to get funding with uh, NIH and, and people who are actually sick, um, right? Um, in that that way. Yeah. So I so. Get, yeah I was just assuming that uh, as you know, and you know what happens when you assume that you know you mm-hmm. see sports nutrition in your in your title in the UK. I'm just you know you said you worked with some. Well, so I'm just thinking. Oh, yeah, I he's do working a lot. With, I'm yeah. pretty. I'm spread pretty thin. I, mean, I, yeah. I do that, but I, I have a strong teaching interest and yeah. teaching load in, in sports nutrition um, for performance, but also injury prevention. Yeah. And the management of rehab. I do that within the rehab sciences here at UK. And then we've also opened up the Sports Medicine Research Institute, which focuses on the health and performance optimization of the military special operator. 
So um, focusing on uh, like Navy SEALs, cool. preventing injury, um, improving performance in their extreme environments that they're in. So I'm, I'm in sports nutrition a lot. Right. It's just not my funded research line. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's, can, can we talk yeah. a little bit about the, the preventing injury? Like what's the, what are the like bullet points uh, on that as far as just for the, the, the recreational athlete? Yeah. Well, that's a, a perfect segue into the paper for yes. sure. Yes, um, see, ha, it's it, great. Uh, Rick yeah. can make complete fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you if you take a look at the paper, um, which by the way is an open access paper, you can um, uh, everyone can um, get the paper online. Yeah, I'll link to it in the Simply, show notes for sure. Yeah. Um, Googling nutrition and athletic performance, and it's the first thing that comes up. It's awesome. eatrightpro.org. Um, but one of the major concepts in the paper is this idea of energy availability. And um, several athletes, even though this paper is more geared at the elite athlete, um, it can also apply to the um, to the recreational athlete who may want to cut weight or they're very um, interested in having a leaner physique, or they just can't match their energy expenditure of exercise with their diet. They're not eating enough to support their, their exercise. Yeah. In those cases, we're worried about low energy availability. And this is a relatively new term, and it came from what's known as the female athlete triad. Um, but we're learning more and more about it in that if we're not providing enough energy intake to support um, the health of all of our body systems, um, you can actually have a, a maintenance of your weight um, but still have an impact um, that affects almost every system in your body, including your immunity, your GI health, cardiovascular, um, and obviously things like bone health and menstrual function. So does this, is this, has this topic come up because of all the... The dieting and and the people trying to to be healthy by eating you know eight nine hundred calories in a day is that is that kind of where this is going? That, that, that's part of it, but you can have low energy availability at much higher energy intakes. Huh. It, it, by by definition, it's the energy availability is the energy that you need to support body system health. And it's after different you for everybody. Out the energy cost of exercise. Okay. Yeah, and it's different. Everybody's is different. Is, yeah. this, is this kind of getting into yeah. the basal metabolic rate and all that kind of thing? Or Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, um, and it's not enough by just seeing that you've changed your weight or if you decreased your weight to whether or not you're at risk for this because you can maintain your weight but still have a low EA, which can have a negative impact on your health and, and Through hormonal uh, dysregulation and, and things like uh, that. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's probably a metabolic, um, growth and development, psychological. I mean, more and more information is coming out in each of these areas. So are you so able really to, and, to like di- diagnose this? Like if you, if, you know, you're talking about in the clinical setting, can you see that somebody's coming in and saying, yeah, I've weighed, you know, 160 pounds for five years, but this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. What, what are the keys that you look for or that, that people should look for to say, you know what, like maybe you're not eating enough. Yeah, I mean, frequent frequent um, injuries, um, immunological factors such as upper respiratory infection, frequency, um, the loss of the menstrual cycle, menstrual period. Um, you can actually observe it with a decreased heart rate, um, um, something called orthostatic hypotension. So when individuals, um, they stand up quickly and they get dizzy. Yes. Um, there's there's several several clinical indicators, but with a an in-depth history, along with understanding what they're they're telling you what they eat as far as caloric intake, and a little bit more about their exercise background and their energy expenditure of that, um, you can get an idea. But you have to, to, in order to really get at where they're at, you have to have a body composition measure that provides you with a fat-free mass. 
Um, which it's like a Mod Pod or the the yeah water. or Dexa. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's really interesting that you say like the whole. So so when somebody, not every time, but if somebody has like chronic, they stand up and they like get like super lightheaded. That could be mm-hmm. uh, an energy availability thing. It, it could be. Huh. But well, this is still within the realm of an athlete who's who's trying to really wash their weight. They're putting a lot of hours in the gym, a lot of hours training. Yeah. Trying to become leaner. Well, it's interesting because back when I was doing, I was training for all these, you know, uh, long distance races and marathons and all this stuff. And then I would, this is before I really came across sort of the more sustainable uh, lifestyle that I'm on now that that I would like basically starve myself for six days and then like go crazy and like eat like 15,000 calories on Sunday. And so, wow. but by, but by Sunday morning and you know, I'd be at yeah. church and every time, you know, you're in church and you stand up and you sit down and you stand up and you sit down and you're at church on Sunday, every time I would stand up in church, like I would get like, here we go. Okay. Like, and that's like looking back, like duh, like sure, that's a, that was an energy availability thing because I was I was eating sixteen seventy hundred calories a day, and working out three four hours a day, and and so yeah, it's like oh jeez yeah it's like yeah not good at all. And this has been you know a decade ago, but like that makes a lot of sense now that you know there's these signs that people are like oh no I'm, I'm a I need to I need to keep eating less because I'm not losing weight. But it's mm-hmm. like, but you know, it's like, no, like all these other things, all these other signs are happening that you're not getting enough energy and that's like, that's destroying your, your body. It's not just about the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's talk about, um, the protein stuff. I know, I know we, t- that's sure. A, that's everybody's a bi- interested in protein. Yeah. That's no a big, what, that's yeah. So after I work out. I we get raw milk from a cow, you know, twenty minutes from here. Speaking of lactating, <laughs> and uh, and so after I work out, typically I will put about a cup of water or a cup of that raw milk and some whey protein and mix it up and drink it. Is that should I not do that? Is that okay? What's tell me about that? What do you want me to talk about? Protein or the raw milk? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is that is that okay? Is I'm that, not. I'm not really a fan of the raw milk thing. I think you know. Why? Just because milk's pretty good. But, well, uh, I mean, well, I, that for us, we get it because I go to quite a lot of trouble to get it, just because okay. of the bacteria that's in it. Uh, it's mainly mm-hmm. for my kids. If I don't have raw milk, I would be fine just going to get some like whole milk. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, okay. now with the protein. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, with protein, um, the paper really describes um, three aspects of, of protein consumption, and the, well, I call it the three T's. So it's the total amount of protein you need per day, the type of protein, and then the timing of that protein. Cool. So um, what, you're, what you brought up is more of the, the protein that's needed or suggested for optimal uh, muscle adaptation or metabolic adaptation to exercise. What were the three T's again? And, you said type, timing, and? And total. Total. Total for the day. Okay, cool. so um, the total for the day um, is is estimated to be between 1.2 to 2.0 grams per kilogram body weight. So you take your body weight in pounds, divide by 2.2, and then you're somewhere between 1.2 to 2.0. And that can fluctuate based on your training experience, um, a new training stimulus that's causing a lot of stress, um, rehab scenarios, um, injury. 
uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. Like for instance, if you're reducing calories, you're, you're the range, you'll be higher on you'll be on the higher end of the range. Right. Okay. So there are several things that influence that. As far as recovery goes, um, the recommendation for post-exercise recovery is, is 0.3 grams per kilogram body weight, or a minimum of about 20 grams post-exercise. Now, what's the what's That's, the is that? I know, like, there's been a lot of uh, talk, you know, in recent years about the the one hour, the sixty minute anabolic window. But then, like, then there's other stuff coming out saying, no, it's actually much a much larger window. So, when you say recovery, are you talking about like right after the some, at some point, you know, the rest of that day, or like if the Good next question. day is a recovery day, could that count as your recovery protein? No, this is specific to post-exercise, okay. and I would define the recovery window as soon as reasonable okay. and practical. Okay, cool. Okay, meaning don't don't worry about packing things that might go sour or bad just because you <laughs> feel like you need to <laughs> drink it after the last set right. uh, of exercise. Yeah. Um, but Which, if you, if you want to do that, you're hungry, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As soon as you feel like you're not going to vomit by trying to consume something, yeah. I think that's that's the strategy. But yeah, the 30 minute to an hour window is, seems to be pretty good. Yeah, it works pretty well. Now, it, now this starts getting a little murky and difficult when you are thinking about different types of protein, because you have this issue of of gastric emptying rate, right? And the fact that many proteins have not yet been studied. So, like, like um, whereas like casein is a slower absorbing. <laughs> protein slower absorbing protein when right. it hits gastric acid hydrochloric acid it right. actually curdles up yeah so um, it takes longer time um, to to see amino acids show up in the bloodstream um, while whey is considered a faster protein and, and collectively uh, whey and casein together in dairy products especially fluid milk have been very um, effective in in the published research huh. available yeah well i know like is it i've always said i've heard people say casein and casein what do you say Casein. Casein. Yeah, that's yeah. what I say. Um, and yeah. so, uh, you know, then the casein was demonized in, uh, I don't know if you read the China study, but you read the China study and then you think that casein is basically like AIDS or something. Like, <laughs> don't drink that. You will literally get AIDS if you mm. drink anything with casein yeah. in it. Um, but from a from a uh, performance standpoint, and, and, you know, recreationally, you know, performance doesn't have to be, you know, you run a 10-100. Uh, it could just be that you're, you feel great and your, your performance as far as you can walk upstairs and have energy to do that. That's what, when I say performance, that's what I mean. From a performance mm-hmm. standpoint, sometimes, yeah, that, that slower absorbing protein can, can do your body good. As a, yeah, um, the but uh, I, I guess I was comparing it more to like a steak, for example. Okay. Because yeah. there's so many other components of steak, and there's a greater um, digestion demand associated with that. Right. So it, it is a, it's thought to be maybe a less effective uh, recovery protein. Right. And we still need to have some, some studies on that. Yeah. But um, this recovery concept really spans the lifespan. I think you touched on that a little bit. It, it can be effective for every type of recreational athlete. It yeah. can be effective for sick individuals, those who are undergoing rehab, um, aging in, in particular. And this is not just about contractile proteins either. We know that if you, if you provide this recovery protein, even if you're an endurance athlete, you can improve the expression of proteins that are associated with oxidation of fuels. So you're 
potentially can be a better endurance athlete because of this adaptation that occurs. Um, This is also the case with connective tissue. It can have an impact on on ligaments and tendons um, during the recovery phase. So it's it's more just than just about growing bigger muscles with contractile protein. Yeah. So if you, you're doing all this studying, you, you know, you, you've got all these things you're looking at all the time and you're teaching this stuff. Like what, what are your, what are your recommendations as far as from nutritionally for the recreational athlete, just the person who's, and what, you know, another way to say recreational athlete is somebody who's, a, who's adopted a natural human movement pattern, which is they walk a lot, they move slow a lot throughout the day, they're lifting, you know, a, a few times a week, they've got some sort of a, a resistance uh, on their biomechanical system, they're you know uh, they're they're working on mobility and range of motion, things like that. Like, what are your recommendations nutritionally for that for that person? Um, that's an interesting question, um, and the, the best way I can sum that up concisely, without going into several details, is that I think it would be ideal to consider um, a, a four to five meal approach per day. Uh-huh that really meets these protein targets that allow you to have an equal distribution of protein throughout the day. Okay, so if, if you think about all the macronutrients, fat, protein, and carbohydrates, all the macronutrients that contribute energy to your diet, it, it may be easiest to, to focus on that one as the, the one that you actually count grams for okay. and understand what you're consuming. And if you, if you have your range between 1.2 and 2 grams per kilogram per day, space that in between uh, over four or five meals, um, once you have that figured out, the rest of your diet, I think, should be really based on diet quality, trying to have a, a plant-based approach, yeah. um, consuming your fruits and vegetables, particularly green leafy vegetables, yeah. because they're a great source of nitrate. This is an area that I study. I think it's important. I think it's undervalued um, to get more of those vegetables in your diet. So like the spinach that I'm growing in my garden, going and eating yeah. that right out of the ground, that's a good nitrate source? Absolutely. Cool. And uh, it's interesting when you talk about nitrate. Nitrate is actually higher in conventional vegetables than it is organic. <laughs> really? And there's, a, there's actually a push now to where, you know, hold, hold on yeah. um, about recommend, <laughs> always recommend organic. Because oh, it man. has a, such a strong impact on cardiovascular outcomes. It may <laughs> affect muscle function as well. Wow. How about that? Um, you get the Time Magazine cover that's like, you know, like fat is bad and then fat is good and now it's like organic <laughs> yeah. surely and now it's like not any organic uh, isn't the best well you you can drink an eight ounce glass of beetroot juice and you can um there's there's clear results that suggest that you could have a five to ten millimeter of mercury reduction in your blood pressure wow now will you will you um will your urine be uh, bl- blood red if you do that? For some people, it, it can be pink. And it can be, it's um, kind of scary. Yeah, there's yeah. actually pictures online of marathoners for the first time using beetroot. They didn't train oh, no. with it, They're so they used it in the out. marathon. And you know how those folks are. They're yeah. so committed, they oftentimes don't stop. Yeah. Like, I'm dying, so I'm they'll peeing just ur- They'll just urinate all over themselves, and you'll see this red-tinged <laughs> stuff on their leg. And you can imagine what the... <laughs> the innocent bystanders oh. sitting there reviewing their first marathon. Oh, especially I mean, if what it's is, a what's female. Yeah. So. Well, there's that one famous picture of that guy that has like clearly like crapped himself, and he's running, mm-hmm. and you know he's just running, going, "It's it's beetroot juice. I promise, it's not what it looks or smells yeah. like." Like, yeah, sure, buddy, we're not buying it. That's poop. <laughs> and I, yeah, I want to say to finish up your question because I commented on, um, I guess, protein and, and vegetables. Um, 
There's also the fat and carbohydrate component, yeah. which I think many folks are interested in. Um, for fat, I think it's more about just being wise about your choices and, and trying to find opportunities to get more omega threes in your in your diet. Yeah, and like like um, the, uh, I, I think it's interesting watching the media and the, the science that comes out about saturated fat. Um, and among the scientist community, we we never recommended uh, totally avoiding saturated fat. Right, but there's certainly a room to reduce it room to reduce it and, and to substitute some of that with polyunsaturated fatty acids and omega-3s. Yeah. But thinking of ways to get more of the healthy fats, more anti-inflammatory fats in your diet, I think is wise. And, um, and finally, carbohydrate. There's a lot of controversy over carbohydrate. Yeah. And uh, even though the paper, you'll see it in the paper, um, is more geared toward the elite athlete. Um, but as far as the recreational athlete, how much carbohydrate do you actually need? Yeah. Um, I think that's something that um, is interesting, and we're still still looking at. It. I don't know if you had any specific questions about that or any thoughts on that. Well, that topic. You, just, you know, you've got the the those athletes, mm-hmm. endurance athletes that are, are low carb and fuel with fat and ketones and all mm-hmm. that, and that's like the one extreme. Then you've got mm-hmm. the other extreme where the people, you know, they're like I trained uh, with a guy that. Uh, to do an Ironman a few years ago and he, he just, he drank like Mountain Dew was his, was his like fuel, you know? And so, yeah. so it's like this, you got this two, you know, it, 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 to me, it's almost like if it works for you, I don't know, like go, go for it. If everything is, is going yeah, good. That's, that's kind of a simple approach, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't disagree totally. Yeah. Uh, one thing I teach my, every, all my students is that when, when it's important for someone to train at the highest intensity, and this can be true for any athlete type, carbohydrate is the only fuel that can be oxidized. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, intense training sometimes is needed to promote the optimal metabolic adaptation, yeah. to promote optimal muscle growth. So sometimes this issue of carbohydrate availability is important. Well, maybe you're consuming most of your carbohydrate leading up to your exercise events. Okay, I think there's something to that. Right. Um, but even though we, we know a lot about fat loading and low-carbohydrate diets, we're learning more and more about it, but there's, there's not been a study published that suggests that a high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet improves performance. Yeah. None. Right. It does not exist. Yeah. Now, some people will argue to say there isn't data out there, but the problem is these are this, these are events that are related to ultra endurance events, right? So, and and then when you're so these 100 milers that take forever to do, that's not an Olympic event. It's more like desert walking and things like right. that. Right, and you're not getting into the glycemic, like where where you're burning carbs. You're just you know because your because your energy expenditure doesn't ever cross that threshold out of you're you're sort of in that oxidative is that or that that aerobic you know area where you're just you don't have to use glucose because you're just you're at a lower threshold. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's that's the observation, um, but I don't think we we live that way. Um, I don't think most of us who train for a goal, whether it be body composition or um, a performance goal, we don't we don't train that way either. So it's, it's difficult to advocate that, and the results and the available data don't really support that strategy yeah. for the athlete. 
Huh. Well, one more question real quick, and I want to get to, and I can't believe, I just checked the time. I thought we were, I was going to guess we were like at 18 minutes. We're at 32. Um, oh. And uh, okay. just one, one question, and then I'm going to ask you uh, the one question that we ask all of our new guests. So on this 1.2 to 2.0 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, is like, are you on days off? Do you go lower towards the, on the low end or on days off, do you go up towards the high end and vice versa? Like on, on your hard training days, are you wanting to be higher up towards the 2.0 or lower? You know, like how, how do you gauge, uh, you know, you, you can justify going a little bit higher on harder training dates or, or harder, I guess, periods of the, the training cycle. Okay. Um, so protein is not as much as a day to day thing as carbohydrate is. Yeah. Okay, to, to fuel the intense performance. Yeah. Um, so when you think about protein shifting, it's more related to the individual training cycle. Okay. But harder days, yeah, you can justify going a lot higher, as long as it's not at the expense of needed carbohydrate. And, now, and I guess there's that whole thing, if you eat too much protein, your body can't use it all, and then you get gluconeogenesis, and, and it turns it into glucose, or you just it, it's, it just sort of taxes your liver too much or something. <laughs> like what, what can you speak on that? Oh, I, I definitely speak on that. I think um, there's there's not really good evidence to suggest that protein will have a harmful effect on yeah. your liver or your kidney, cool. unless there's some sort of um, dysfunction uh, underlying clinical right. dysfunction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at the same time, um, once you start getting over these recommended levels, you start wondering what that what value that protein is providing. Yeah. And there, there's some studies now that suggest that 2.4 grams per kilogram in situations of extreme calorie restriction can be helpful in maintaining lean body mass. Huh. But that's not for every athlete. Yeah. And most of the time, 2.0 should be considered the cap because you're also sacrificing diet quality. As you're trying to get higher and higher on protein, your diet becomes less diverse. Right. So that that's a, a serious concern. Yeah. Well, Dr. Thomas, I feel like uh, you know I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I, uh, there's a lot more that we could talk about. Uh, I would love to, as as you get studies completed, or you you have a th- topic that you think would be good, I'd love to have you back on. Uh, as you know, just kind of talk. You know, we, we we goof around a lot, but I do kind of like digging into the science. Um, every now and then, and I think uh, I think this has been good. I would love to to have you back on uh, at some point, maybe in this fall or something, or uh, to you know, anytime you see an interesting study that you think would be good, just like email me and let's let's set sure. it up. Um, and now to the last question, and it is something that I ask all new guests, and it's and it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we just talked about. What is one thing that you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable? I would say hanging out with my three- and six-year-old, having quality time with them, um, teaching them new things, um, seeing that light bulb go off, (laughs) and I think that's the best um, part of life for sure. And trying to make life better, um, I've taken up meditation, several aspects of meditation. I don't do it enough. Yeah. Um, but things like body scan and uh, yoga and um, just setting meditation, yeah, um, those are all aspects that I've learned here at UK, and I'm I'm trying to incorporate daily. If Rick was on the show, I will have to make this joke for him. You said UK <laughs> twice. He would say, "Good day, mate." 
let's put another shrimp on the Bobby. It's this little, <laughs> okay. this is a little joke about the UK and England, and he and he and he messes up and does the Australian accent. So uh-huh. I, had, I had to throw that in there for Rick. So, uh, well, hey, th- this has been awesome. I'm really glad that we we got this. My computer didn't completely uh, spaz out on us, but uh, really, really appreciate your input. And I thought this is uh, thought this was great. All right, thanks a lot, Mark. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Thomas. And we have a link to that article, that that position paper um, in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's actually very interesting for all the science-mens and science-womens out there. Um, it is now hmm. time for Humans Being Human. Uh, this is something that I can't believe it took us 131 episodes to do. Um, our friend Jackson... Uh, the we we talk a lot and there's really nothing I should say in the intro other than uh, one of our best friends and we have lots of good stories. Yellow. All right, I have our surprise guest on the line and but, by the way, very quickly, this would be really hilarious if I uh, you introduce the surprise guest. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know who that is. I'm I sorry. don't I don't think you're gonna have that problem with this one. Um, okay, I'm gonna give you three words, three oh, hints, God. and then you're gonna have to guess. Um, okay. Right. Uh, and the, the first one is two words, but it counts as one. Uh, oh, okay. So now we're just going to play all willy-nilly with cha- rules of numbers. Changing huh? the rules. Uh, Iron Springs. Okay, that's not a Okay, that okay. narrows the list down to about 400 people. Okay. That's um, the church camp that we grew up going to, by the way, everyone. Yeah. Nerd alert. Um, <laughs> older siblings. Sing. Oh, older sibling. Like he is an older sibling, or uh, both possesses older both. siblings. Both. Oh, that narrows the list down to three hundred ninety-nine people. You're doing <laughs> just a heck of a job here, Mark. Uh, and then the last phrase is "buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell." Well, then, hello, Jackson. How are you? You <laughs> <laughs> uh, could have literally just started at "buy, sell," or you could have started. Okay, just for everyone to peel the curtain back. This is Jackson joining us. Who uh, he's probably the most referenced person. That's never uh, been on the show. Of, or, yeah, just a period. Yeah. But to, to bring you up to speed, uh, Mark and Rick and I, Mark and Rick and Jackson, well, I just refer to myself in third person because that's what kind of guy Samaki I am. Samaki Walker. We would, uh, we, uh, I don't know if it was we who call, like we started this, but people would call us the three horsemen. I think that sounds like something Mark would invent because it's really stupid sounding. But <laughs> the three of us, we uh, pretty much all through high school were somewhat inseparable. Uh, we did everything together. We have a billion inside jokes. Yeah. Uh, like, turn up the salsa, Jackson. <laughs> like, turn up the salsa. <laughs> and also... <laughs> oh, man. Those... That's, Mark, that's one of the stories I thought of. Oh, the, uh, well, we've, we just talked about the Saturday Night Live bit. Uh, we didn't just talk about it. We well, talked about it a, few like months a year ago. ago and I found yeah. it. I found the, uh, the video oh, the uh, and, and shared it on the Facebook page. But uh, joining us is Jackson. Hi, buddy. How are you? Hello. Okay, so uh, Rick, do you, you know that Jackson is it okay? Can we talk about what's going on with your family? What uh, sure, your, yeah, yeah. Jackson is uh, having a baby in December. Worst mistake of not your me, life. I guess. not You're me. Gonna regret. Not me personally. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? My wife is having a baby. He said, "Worst mistake of your yeah, life." Yeah, you're gonna rue this day for years and years to come. So congratulations, <laughs> your life is ruined. <laughs> Whatever. It's not either, Jackson. You'll love it. Um. Okay, so Rick, we, we you know we could uh, spend half an hour on this humans being human segment, but we Jackson and I talked, 
And we, we have a starting point, and then we're going to see where it goes. So okay. a couple of stories, uh, both having to do with a Wendy's. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it was the same Wendy's. Was it, Jackson? Uh, yes, I think it was. Okay. And I thought of a couple other stories since then, by the way, that I know for sure all of us were involved in. Okay, so you start with the post-Mavericks Wendy's story. So we had just finished going to a Mavs game. I don't remember who we played or what the deal was. And we were at the Wendy's drive through on Campbell Road, just east of 75. And it's probably like, what, 11? Oh, yeah, I was going to say close to midnight, yeah. So we're sitting there. We're about to pull up and get our food to the small. If you remember, I, I think they're the same now as they've always been. But where you go to finally pick up the food, there's that small window, and the opening can't be more than what is it like two feet by two? And feet? And it's fairly high off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty high. I mean, it's probably like you know, I'm not that tall. Maybe five eleven. It's probably up to my chest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're sitting there about to pull up and get our food. It's dark, late. Nobody's really in line. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this uh, guy, this skinny guy, is really wiry. I think he you, looks like he's wearing his Wendy's up. I, right? I believe the way that you used to describe him is he looked kind of like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that is what he looked like. So he walks up to the drive through window all casually, and all of a sudden he just lifts up his left leg and sticks his foot through <laughs> the front of the window and <laughs> crawls into the drive-through window. Like before and we can even react, they're like, "Did this just happen?" So, and he's not wearing like a Wendy's polo, you know? Like he's got like a backpack and like head a headphones, big, one of those big headphones thing, and he's walking up, like cl- it's close enough to the car where we're like, "Is this? Oh, is he about? Does he? Is he gonna like?" You know, approach us like what is? Why is he coming so fast? Is, is he about to get his face punched in by Heisman Rogers? <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden, like he was gone, like he just like disappeared into the window, like Spider Man. Oh man! And then uh, that's how Wendy's does all like their restaurant quality control. They just have a skinny guy sneaking through the drive-through window at eleven thirty at night just to get him off guard. I still tell people about that today, and I can tell they don't believe. Me. Yeah. Well, then that same Wendy's probably after that happened was the time that we oh, were yeah. driving around and Jackson had some Copenhagen and and I'll I'll start the story Jackson and I'll let you finish and I was like oh man yeah give me I never tried it I was like yeah give me some party time let's do some Copenhagen and time out very briefly Mark doesn't do well with like uh, intoxicating substances uh, I do well with butt eyes excuse me <laughs> Dude, dude, dude. Oh, man. I had butt five ice. Bud Ices. Shut up. They're the most alcoholic beer. I'm um, on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like driving around in, in Jackson's dad's uh, Camry. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the gold Camry. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, give me some of that. Let's do this. And like I put it in, like, you, you know, my first experience, you, know, you kind of get the little, that buzz feeling where you sort of, you know, start feeling uh, like an altered state of mind or whatever. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Woo, party. <sighs> Oh my god, I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> and like, I got so sick, like I had to spit it out. Like, and like, so anyway, so it's, what happened at the Wendy's there? What did we end up doing? I'll let you finish it. Uh, so basically, Mark uh, did the equivalent of passing out on Copenhagen <laughs> and the Camry and laid down <laughs> and uh, threw it out. And he's like, "Man, I need, I need something to drink. I need, uh, I need some Hawaiian punch. I need a Hawaiian punch." 
So I pull into the Wendy's right there as fast as I could. I got up some Hawaiian punch. We drove back to my parents' house. And at the time, I lived upstairs. Uh, so we went upstairs, and Mark get, goes into the bathroom. I was going to see if he remembered exactly what happened. This would be impressive if you get this. <laughs> Do you want me to tell this part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But Mark basically is almost unconscious. He turns on the shower as hot as it'll go. And so I just go to the bedroom like, well, I guess we're going to take a shower and then come out here and go to bed. And I go back in the shower like 30 <laughs> minutes later, and he's just laying in the shower floor. The whole bathroom's full of steam, like asleep in the floor, passed out. Oh, man. From one pinch. One pinch, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So, okay, so those are the two. Well, did you say you had you thought of a couple more, Jackson? Or? I just thought of a couple more so, that I knew that all three of us were there. So there was uh, in Honduras, oh, surely, y'all remember, there was... The hurricane? Very briefly, very briefly we all, uh, our church went to take mission trips uh, in Honduras uh, when we were like uh, kind of mid to late high school age. So that's... Yes. To, to for some background, we didn't all like live in Honduras, <laughs> yeah, in or or go no, there no, on no. vacation. And this was a, yeah. a real mission trip. This was like in the middle of the jungle doing yeah. serious work. But if you like remember, taking malaria, night, like taking malaria medicine, like mission trip, yeah. like there's it's no joke. So before the hurricane hit, uh. there, I know there was one night where we were all in the same like middle cabin room at night, getting ready to go to bed, and it was like eight thirty. It wasn't late. It was it was like. <laughs> Maybe 7.30, I don't know. And if you remember, it was at the time when John Hendry was <laughs> running for... Public I office what he's running for. City Council? Like state Congress or something. Yeah. A, a guy that went to our like, church is running for boys, office. It's 8.40. It is time to go to bed. And Rick, Mark, I don't know if you're <laughs> Rick kept saying... Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? <laughs> this is Ross right Perot about the time. Ta- this is right about the time where Ross Perot, uh, shortly after he ran for president, and they had the great Dana Carvey Ross Perot impression on Saturday Night Live. And Rick would drive Mr. Hendry crazy, and he would just keep repeating, "Can, can I, I finish? finish? Can, can I finish? finish? Boys, can I finish? <laughs> yeah." Then you mentioned the Boys? hurricane. So, like later that trip, the this hurricane hit. And like it, it, it like the the roof like blew off, and like of the of a place we were staying at, and all our stuff was like completely drenched. And I remember we just like sat there like maniacally laughing, like Robert De Niro in Cape Fear, and just like there because there's nothing else we could do. Like we couldn't, you know. It's like what do you do? You're in Honduras, and like the roof's off, and there's well, let's just hurricane. go to the Gap. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wait, there's yeah. snow. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, uh, so other real quick tidbits was the Rick. Were you there for the top ten moments in Waterview video that we made? I don't think he was at Iron Springs. E- oh no, no, it's no, your no, house. No, 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 no. No, it was the one at our at my house where uh, Will said enough. Remember? Oh yes, I was. <laughs> he was supposed to say enough, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, are there any that come to mind that uh, in particular? The one that I can think of immediately, like my best memories of, of the three of us growing up were summertime oh, yeah. because we would spend, pool. and I'm not kidding here, we would, like Mark and Jackson would get to my house at like what, like maybe <laughs> 9 or 10 a.m. And we would get in our swimming pool in the backyard and stay in the swimming pool until like 5 in the afternoon. Until your parents came home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah until we were, my parents the, came home. There was that one time that uh, Rick's like girlfriend drove, <laughs> drove by well, in the no, alley. No, tell that stuff. So... <laughs> I had my first uh, – it was the summer after my sophomore year in, in high school, and I had my first like I kind of pseudo-girlfriend. Like we went out a couple of times, and she took me to some choir banquet or something. Well, she lived like right. right around the corner from me. 
Well, we're all in the backyard like swimming, and we have like an alleyway that goes between you know streets behind our houses. And we hear like a honking in the alleyway, and I look up, and I see it's her car. And Mark and Jackson are like, who is that honking? And I was like, huh, this is – this is my girlfriend, Amy. And they're like, girlfriend. And they, without hesitation. The yeah. No, like there's not even like, it's not even a second before when I said that where they hit the gate, they go through the gate and run down the alleyway, chasing this girl in her car, waving, hang on, hang on, wait a second, wait a second. Like flapping their arms in an attempt to embarrass me. And just FYI, she broke up with me like the next day. So great job, guys. I appreciate it. The other is the Dr. Pepper can. And I don't know if it's funny, but this is like seminal to how we grew up. So my dad is uh, kind of a can be kind of a grump, could be kind of a prickly person. I was wondering where you were going to go with swing that. We were uh, swing pool all day, and we had drank, the three of us had drank like an entire 30-pack of Dr. Pepper. And one thing my dad liked to do when he gets home from work is crack open a Dr. Pepper. Well, we drank all of it. So we're like, we <laughs> and, then, and we the put all the cans open. in the bottom of the jacuzzi. Okay, okay. So we had all these cans like around us. Well, uh, he we hear the garage door open, and all of us are like, Oh crap! Like it's just occurred to us, so we just start like taking the Dr Pepper cans and submerging them under the water and filling them up with water, letting them sink to the bottom of the spa, thinking that's going to keep him from knowing what happened. And so he comes inside of the house and uh, then comes out to the garage, or you know, comes out through the garage to the to the patio, and he's like, "Boys, what happened to all that Dr Pepper?" And we're like, "Oh no!" And he looks through the crystal clear water <laughs> to see 30 empty Dr. Pepper cans sunk at the bottom of the spa. Oh, you couldn't even see and the he, bottom of the spa. It was just Dr. Pepper cans. <laughs> it looked like a like a landfill. And I don't even think he said anything. I think he was so disappointed in us that yeah. he just turned around and shook his head. He probably gave back. you a, a nice beating later after we were all gone. <laughs> he just went inside and uh, found his finest leather belt with his name uh, embossed on the back of it and whipped me afterwards. <laughs> old, old trusty. Well, then I remember like he would he smoked cigars and we would uh, we would we would take his his like cigar butts and light them and smoke them, thinking. We were Light like, them with matches. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Well, that's been uh, about fourteen minutes here, so I think that I think that's a segment. We need man, to, really smooth transition, Mark. We that need, was good. We, we need to do this. Been ag- studying. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do this again, though. Agreed. Oh yes. yeah, because we right. have more stories that we could do. Oh, we. I'm. You said it, and I think we're being serious here. We could do like an hour long. Yeah. being human with Jackson because yeah. we. Because all of our stories encompass most of them encompass from when like the age of like yeah. fourteen to yep. twenty two, where you're prone to do really super dumb stuff, like the <laughs> dumbest of the dumb things. And so we have a million awesome well, stories. Well, and for if that. you go back, I can't remember which episode it was, but the title the, the, of "Humans Being Humans" is the Maggot Freezer. Oh, that's oh, that was a story about Jackson. We should have just had you on to tell that, <laughs> but man, I'll never forget that. It was like so. uh... Whatever happened to your uh, all that uh, meat that was in your freezer last spring after your uh-huh. fr- after your freezer went out? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, I never did anything. <laughs> Wait, you didn't clean it? No. And I go like open the freezer, and there's like, oh man, like all these frozen maggots and all this meat, like blood, like dry everywhere. He just, he just, he just didn't even like clean it. I was like, well, I'm I'm a bachelor. I'm just leaving it. I'm not messing with that disgustingness. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to stop the recording. Jackson, hang on. Thank you, Jackson. Uh, good luck buying and selling and buying and selling. Uh <laughs> You say that because he's a businessman. Yeah, well, he's an investment person. Like he works for Merrill Lynch, and he's got all you know. He's like, yeah, he's running around making, uh, uh, wheeling and dealing. That's what hmm. I was gonna say. Uh, Man, you got really excited when you thought of wheeling and dealing, <laughs> but it just did kind of fell so kind of I, fell pretty flat there, didn't it? Uh, get down from the brain of the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wheeling and dealing. I've got the perfect line. I've been waiting my whole life for this one. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, man, I wish you could have been on the interview with Dr. Thomas. Um, that would have been funny. How many times he was like, yeah, um, yeah, uh, no, not exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, this is actually how that works. Like, oh, sorry, uh, I'm not a scienceman. Um, okay, it is now time for the tip of the week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And uh, it, this is going to be sort of a stretch, but uh, the article that I found is Tokyo's first naked restaurant won't serve overweight or tattooed people. That's a headline if I ever heard one. <laughs> so here, here's a little bit of it. It's kind of a, it's kind of funny. With the runway success of London's naked pop-up, the Bunyadi, which now well, counts. I already have insane brain. Yeah, London's naked, naked first pop-up. Pop-up. The bunny Bunyadi. Which now counts more than 40,000 people on its wait list. Other enterprising restaurants have begun taking a shot at offering diners a more liberating experience. But with the complexity of cultural attitudes for the human body, it's no surprise that these pop-ups are taking a different form. This is a thing? Yeah, listen. The Bunyadi, Bunyadi, I don't know how you say it, for instance, is inspired by a simpler time in human history, promising no chemicals, no artificial colors, no electricity, no gas, no phone, and naturally, no clothes. Melbourne's noble experiment, on the other hand, is encouraging diners to strip down in the name of healthy and positive body image. On the other end of that spectrum would be a restaurant in Japan Japan, taking a far more puritanical and discriminating approach to naked eating. So check it out. Tokyo's The Amrita Eatery, will be following the same basic formula as those other two, but with strict rules about what kind of body will be granted entry into their dining room, according to Rocket News 24. Rocket News 24. Uh, this is a legit news site. Yeah. The, Saw it on Zap to it. The Amrita, which is Sanskrit for the immortality, won't even really be that naked. Despite being inspired by Avenue. Eve, diners will be given paper underpants to cover up their bits and pieces after they've removed their clothes. And it's... Uh, yeah, so it gets weirder. Entry will be denied to those with, ta- with will be denied to those with tattoos. Anyone outside the eighteen to sixty year old age bracket. So if you're sixty one, you're out. And anyone who is thirty three pounds over average body weight, they will be subjected to BMI calculations. And if they do not meet the Amrita's strict requirement, hopeful diners will be kicked to the curb with no refunds. What? Well, it's time for the meteor. Yeah, <laughs> human race. We uh, we no longer deserve to exist. This is the most. Unbelievable. Ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Who wants to eat naked? And then and then to have like the uh, the owners of it be like, up, oh, you're fat. You can't eat here. Or you have tattoos. Like, what the heck? <laughs> this is like the craziest. Like, I don't even like part of me thinks that uh, you're making all of this up. Right. And you're punking me. No, I will add this. So it's a thing where people eat naked. Yes. Okay, well, what's the tip of the week? Okay, so don't be an idiot. Yeah, so <laughs> don't do this. The tip. Okay, so I got this article. What happens when you drop your fork? Mm, talk slower. What happens when you accidentally fall onto your eggplant? 
Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we've talked about this. Oh, sorry, waiter. Could <laughs> you bring me? Could you bring me another eggplant? I've uh, lost mine. Oh, where is it? Is it on the floor here? No, it's. Uh, can you just bring me? Can you just bring me another one, sir? Uh, I, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well. It, what was I gonna say uh, about the naked eating talk stuff? Uh, anyway, okay, so I have a, what the tip is, the actual tip. Yeah, here. I have a Google alert for for naked eating for <laughs> for nakedness for body image, and this because I'm interested in that kind of thing. So this this came up for the body image Google alert, which I thought was interesting. So the tip of the week, though, that we're gonna that we're gonna you know sort of squeeze out of this is get out of your comfort zone this week. Do something that you don't wouldn't necessarily always do make a memory basically when you get out of your comfort zone you're making a memory so we talked well, about that with I'll, jackson i'll also have yeah. a secondary tip and that is uh you know listen i don't uh thoroughly enjoy going to the public pool because uh, you know i've no i've got some work to do but uh i'm not gonna let anybody that runs a naked restaurant judge my what my body looks like <laughs> yeah. because they are stupid yeah <laughs> so anyone who anyone who offers you an opinion about something if you find out they own a naked dining restaurant <laughs> Just uh, that doesn't count. Their opinion is invalid. Yeah. All right. Well, that was an interesting tip. <clears throat> I see what you're doing here, and that's I'm not going to fall for that's it. What she said. Um, okay. Um, I don't know what is next week. Uh, we have someone lined up for next week. Yeah. Uh, the Simply Human Podcast. We, we've got uh, Benny Wiley. Oh, my computer is still on the on the fritz. I'm having to take it in to the thing. I'm going to try to get it recorded before or uh, produced. Uh, so what are you this doing show. now? It's it's working. I've got it all rigged up where it's like, but it's not duct tape. And- yeah, it's not it's not going well. Um, but uh, hmm. hopefully I'll I'll uh, have it all fixed and we won't miss a beat. But uh, Benny Maybe Wiley, all those websites you go to all the time, <laughs> where like they drop the the noises, the background noises, like when they're trying to find something on the computer. Like I was just thinking, uh, the massive amounts of pornography. No, no, I do not do that. <laughs> Absolutely not. I you can look at my computer. Anyone can look at my computer. I am I am free and clear, and I you, my history isn't cleared or anything. It's like I love check the, out your phone. Yeah, you your I, phone with you. I love I love the uh, the the thing about it's like you look at a woman's history, and it's like all these things about kids' clothes and and furniture and all this stuff, and you look at the male history, and it's just like <laughs> there's nothing there. <laughs> like it's been like recently. Oh, I just don't use the internet. Yeah, <laughs> it's been recently cleared, like every five minutes. Uh, all right, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Uh, everything is there. If you have any questions, you can email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or email rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Call us at 530-42-HUMAN if you have a question or comment or uh, want to weigh in on the audiobook uh, read or listen to debate, which uh, pretty much everybody agrees with me. Um, oh, wait, no one agreed with me. Okay, uh, so that'll do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, so how do you, as someone who's studying like the professional athlete, apply it to your own life? Well, I I don't study the elite athlete as much. So until next time, enjoy yourself.